scripture passage is from Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 and 18. Joyce always, praise continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You've heard of Ben and Jerry, of ice cream fame. Well, this story I'm going to tell is not about them. It's about Ben and Larry. You might not have heard of Ben and Larry, but they're two men who have something in common and yet a very different way of approaching this one thing. What they have in common is a desire to stay in touch on a daily basis with their loved ones the important people in their lives. Both went through times earlier in their lives where they didn't stay in very close contact with their loved ones, their family and friends, and and they fell into just being isolated and feeling lonely and kind of depressed. And so they, they came to a realization that staying in touch with these core relationships is a vital part of their well-being day to day. It's just that How they chose to actually do this is quite different from one another. And they found that it's actually quite difficult to do this in the midst of work and chores and transportation and hobbies, crowding the entire schedule of their lives. How and when do you find time for these life-giving conversations? And how you do this is where they differ. You see, Ben prefers to schedule his calls to his loved ones. Getting them on his personal calendar is important to his actually getting around to making the calls. Because he realizes his life is busy. There are so many things that are on his mind. He's multitasking all the time. And he admits that it's easy to lose track of even something as important as reaching out and touching someone by phone or by text. So he schedules them. He schedules them at regular intervals throughout the day. And he sets up a reminder on his phone that reminds him, hey, it's time for you to focus on something that is very important to you in the midst of all the busyness going on. He spaces them out so that he's not calling a number of people all at once in one section of the day, but they're at regular intervals, about three hours apart. So he can faithfully attend to the various duties of work and life, but he knows that he can actually do them if they're in his calendar. Now, to be honest, Ben admits that There are times when that alarm goes off and he doesn't feel like making that phone call. But what he's learned over time is that once he steps into making that call, into that conversation, that's when the feelings kick in. And he's so glad that he has that scheduled. From experience, he knows that his heart follows this discipline plan. And over time, keeping in touch with his loved ones became a habit for him. 
And Ben likes to look back, whether it's looking back over the week or looking back over the last month or over the last season, say the summer. And he can count how many of these key life-giving conversations that he has had simply because he scheduled it into his life. Now, Larry, on the other hand, and you're wondering about Larry, I know. And you're wondering why he's not named Jerry. (laughs) But Larry has the same desire as Ben to stay in touch with his loved ones. But Larry's approach is more free-flowing. Whatever contact he makes, whether it be by phone or by text or by FaceTime, Larry wants it to be just a natural outflow of his love for those people in his life. Rather than schedule times of contact like Ben does, he focuses on first thinking about his loved ones throughout the day in the midst of doing his work or doing his chores or doing his hobby. He's learned that even at work or school, there's no reason he cannot think about the people who are important to him. It's like if you're working on a spreadsheet. You could be listening to music. If you can listen to music while you're working on a spreadsheet, you can certainly be thinking about your loved ones. They can have a place in your heart and be brought to your mind while you're working on that spreadsheet. It could be that you're working, he, Larry, uh, occasionally works on projects out in the community uh, for the water company, and he, he is on a crew that fixes water leaks, and, and when he's working on that crew, they're doing hard manual labor, and yet they talk with one another, this, these crew members, And so he knows that you can actually engage in more than one thing at a time. When he calls his loved ones, his heart is always in it because he's been thinking about them in that moment. In fact, when he makes contact with them, he usually starts out by saying that very thing. Hey, I've been thinking about you. How's it going? Over time, Larry has gotten better about keeping these relationship thoughts in his mind. He used to forget quite often, but through practice, that's a key thing that he's learned. Larry has learned that practice makes the difference. Each and every day, being intentional about it, he's grown so much that there's rarely a day or even a time of day that he isn't thinking of his loved ones and feeling led to reach out and stay connected. Well, when it comes to staying in touch with loved ones, which person do you identify with most, Ben Or Larry? Ben with his scheduled approach, or Larry with his more free-flowing mind and heart method? How about a little bit of both? Now, truth be told, this story of Ben and Larry is a parable. It's a parable of prayer. Prayer is the basic form of communication between loved ones, between a loving God and those beloved by God, and those who are beloved by God wanting to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Ben and Larry represent two of the most famous influencers on the topic of prayer in the Christian tradition. Ben is otherwise known as Saint Benedict. Saint Benedict lived in the 5th century, he was born in the 5th century, he was an Italian monk, and he was the author of one of the classics of Christian spirituality called The Rule of St. Benedict. 
It influenced the church to schedule prayer at regular intervals throughout the day. Larry, on the other hand, is otherwise known as Brother Lawrence. He was a French monk who lived many years later. He lived in the 17th century. His spiritual wisdom is captured in the classic titled, The Practice of the Presence of God. And in it, he encourages people to think of God in the midst of their daily activities and pray while they're doing them. And they represent two main interpretations of our scripture text today. So to reread that, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray continually. That's the whole verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. One of the shortest, not the shortest, but one of the shortest verses in all of Scripture The Old King James Version renders it, pray without ceasing. One of my favorite uh, New Testament biblical scholars who who has actually taught at this church before, his name is Nijay Gupta, and he translates it, pray all the time. It's a very simple communication, but what does it mean? And how do you actually go about doing it? Does it mean to schedule prayer throughout the day or to pray as you go, as you attend to your life tasks? Well, let's take a look at both in more detail. Fixed hour prayer. That's what St. Benedict was all about. When it comes to praying at fixed hours of the day, some of us think that, like, well, when you think about world religions, You don't often think of Christianity first. You might think of Islam first. Because we're aware that that especially in places where where most people in the society are followers of Islam, there are calls to prayer. There's five times that all followers of Islam are required to pray every day. And everyone prays at the same time at various points or hours throughout the day. And oftentimes there's there's a call to prayer. It's a little bit of of a... Benedictine reminder, like a phone message, but it's not your phone that's ringing. It's the loudspeaker that's ringing out over the whole community, and everyone's called to do that. It's notable, though, when we think about the Christian roots of fixed-hour prayer, is that St. Benedict lived 100 years before Muhammad, the founder of Islam, was even born. Fixed-hour prayer means praying at regular intervals at fixed times of the day. In the Christian tradition, it has come to be known by a number of phrases. The divine office, the work of God, the liturgy of the hours. And St. Benedict was not making something up. He was actually building on a tradition that had grown in the first few centuries of the Christian church. In fact, in 384 AD, St. Jerome wrote these words commenting on our scripture passage today. He writes this, The Apostle Paul indeed admonishes us to pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 And with the saints, their very sleep should be a prayer. That sounds like a Brother Lawrence kind of thing, doesn't it? 
But listen to this. He says, Nevertheless, we must set aside stated hours for the duty of praying. Then, should any occupation keep us away from it, the hour itself will remind us of that duty. I think for most of us in the world today, with its fast pace, we know what it means for an occupation to keep us from praying. Well, in 516 A.D., St. Benedict established a fixed order for the hours of prayer in his rule. And he wrote this for monks who were living in community. And there are eight prayer times roughly separated by three hours. It's pretty much division, right? Eight times of prayer, 24-hour day, about three hours apart throughout the day. Uh, I'm just going to run through this so, so that you're aware of what they were. So there's matins, which is kind of the middle of the night. Lauds, which is kind of early morning, but before the sun has come up. So now you can follow things by, like, time of day. Prime at around 6 a.m., right around uh, sunrise. Terse at 9 a.m., sext at 12 noon, nuns at 3 p.m., vespers at 6 p.m., compline at 9 p.m., and you start all over again the next day, and on and on and on. That's eight times spread across the whole day at fixed times. Now, that sounds a lot like Psalm 119-164 that you see on the screen. The psalmist writes, seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. See, the tradition isn't just a Christian tradition. It goes back into the Hebrew tradition, thousands of years. Now, you might wonder, how come Christians don't pray seven or eight times a day anymore? Well, one answer to that is some still do. But for many... The regular fixed times relaxed into two major times during the day. You have morning prayer and evening prayer as the basic rule of life or the regular time of prayer. Sometimes it expands to a third that's midday prayer. Many denominations offer morning and evening services at their churches every day of the year. And in others, uh, it's in fact the clergy who are required to pray at those times each and every day. Our Presbyterian tradition has daily prayer resources and a webpage that provides guidance and prayers to pray and scriptures to read morning and in the evening, every day of the year. Now, praying three times a day sounds a lot like what Daniel did. Daniel 6.10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, that was the decree that ended up with him in a lion's den. You might have heard of that story. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem And three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Daniel's three times a day prayer was representative of the Jewish tradition and was likely followed by Jesus, who was known by his disciples as someone who was faithful in his morning prayers, often going off by himself, even before the sun rose, so that he could have that time with the Father. So my encouragement to you in relation to fixed hour prayer is try it. If you haven't done it before, it would be a great experiment for you. Now, mealtime prayer goes along with this, right? Because mealtimes are often fixed for us. And oftentimes as a family, we might have times or a tradition where we actually pray at meals. And so maybe think of if you just pray at dinner time, maybe start praying at all your meals throughout the day. Pray at breakfast. Pray at lunch. Pray at dinner Pray at bedtime, and there you go. There's four fixed times during the day. And 
what builds up over time. Like Ben, you can look back at your life and say, look at how many conversations we had with God by scheduling prayer into our lives. And you might even want to set a phone alarm. Well, let's look at Larry's way of being, and that's praying as you go. There's no better example of praying as you go than the spiritual wisdom of Brother Lawrence in practicing the presence of God. Brother Lawrence was born Nicholas Herman, humble 17th century monk, who lived a life of constant prayer, doing everything in the spirit of prayer and aware of God's presence 24-7. And he developed this over time through practice. Here's a representative quote, just something to chew on. Great would be our surprise if we knew what conversation the soul is having with God at all times. Interesting. Like, there's a conversation between our souls and God at all times. It's just a matter of us connecting into that conversation. Our brains are full of so many things. It's not like we have to start talking with God. It's we have to listen in on the conversations our souls are already having with God. That stretches our perception of prayer. Brother Lawrence famously discussed what kind of prayer he would pray as he washed the dishes. That's how practical practicing the presence of God is all about. It's in the midst of menial things, just trivial things. What are some of the ways that we, uh, what are things we do in our real life? Well, we wash dishes. We take out the garbage or the recycling. We vacuum, we shop, we prepare dinner, we set the table, we clear the table, we drive to work, we work in the garden, we mow the lawn, and that list, as you well know, we could go on and on and on, and every one of those things that we do is an opportunity for us to do that while praying. This is a literal way of praying continually, as 1 Thessalonians 5 invites us to. But it reflects a heart of devotion that is found in numerous places in the biblical psalms. Like Psalm 89, verses 15 and 16. Blessed are those who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They rejoice in your name all day long. Rejoicing in the Lord as you walk through your day, aware of the light of God's presence with each step. Psalm 62, 8 says, Trust in him at all times. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Practicing the presence means trusting and pouring out your heart to God, keeping your mind on God as your refuge in the midst of those moments where you need to remember that God is your refuge. Well, what do you think? Have you ever done that? Some of you are quite practiced in the practice of the presence of God. For others of us, we might be invited for the first time to take a step toward this. If you'd like to try it out, I encourage you to get a hold of the copy of the book. It is one of the most accessible and readable of all the Christian spiritual practices. The Practice practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence, a.k.a. Larry. Well, in conclusion, what these two approaches to praying continually have in common is that they make prayer a part of a lifestyle. Prioritizing it. Recognizing how crucial regular communication is for a loving relationship like the one that we have with God. 
And the truth is, we don't have to side with one or the other. We don't have to take Ben's side exclusively or Larry's side because it's very likely that neither of them took a side either. Because Larry's practicing of the presence of God probably predisposed him to want to pray when those fixed times of prayer came up on the schedule. And Ben's scheduled prayer probably just reminded him be in the in-between times, between those scheduled prayers, that God was right there with him, listening to his prayers coming from his heart. As we pray either way, and pray continually throughout our day, we'll be rejoicing always, praying continually, and giving thanks in all circumstances, living out God's will and purpose for our lives in Christ Jesus. And all God's people said, amen.